Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers and the grandmothers out there that are listening. I wanted to do a special episode today just to acknowledge um, Mother's Day and all of our mums, even though I know it's Friday and you're listening on a Friday. Mother's Day here in Australia is this Sunday. So I wanted to share with you guys today um, just it's not a not a kind of parenting teaching day today. I just wanted to talk about all the things that I found hardest about being a mum. I mean, you hear me talk a lot about, um, you know, my strategies and, you know, how to raise kids. And, you know, I give a lot of obviously advice a lot of the time. And today I don't want to give advice. I just want to let you into my world a little bit and talk about all the things that I found difficult back when they were little, but even things that I might find difficult now that they're older. Um, we are not always going to love every part of being a mum, and that's okay. I wanted to be a mum literally since I was really little. Like if you had asked me when I was about five or six what I wanted to be, I would have always said a mum. And apparently, I, no, I remember saying to my mum, I want to have six children. Uh, six babies. I don't think I thought about them growing up, just six babies. And if any of them are boys, I was going to give them back to the hospital. That is what I always used to say, maybe because I was in a house full of girls and boys were these unknown creatures to me. But anyway, so I used to always have a doll with me. I was always, um, pushing a pram. That was my favorite toy as a kid, pushing a pram. And wherever we went, I would beg my mum, please let me bring my pram. Please let me bring my pram. Uh, but my mum's a super clean freak. So if she let me bring it, I used to always have to clean the wheels of the pram before it came back inside. I wonder where I get my clean freak from. So anyway, I always wanted to be a mum. I didn't find it difficult when I first had Georgia. I remember a lot of people saying, you know, having a baby, it changes everything and life will never be the same. And it, yeah, it's good, but it's so hard. But for some reason, I didn't really feel like it was much of a change, which is crazy. No, maybe it wasn't that it wasn't a change. It was a really welcome change. And I really didn't find it hard having her. I mean, I went from being a full-time teacher to being a full-time mum. Um, but I felt really prepared. And I, I guess, cause it's something I always, always wanted um, yeah, I didn't find like it was this crazy transition for me, but, uh, however, obviously over the years, there are lots of elements of being a mum that I did find, um, difficult or monotonous or so anyway, I want to share those with you <clears throat> and to let you know that it's really, really normal. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you or that you don't love being a mum. There are difficult parts to every good thing in our life. Um, great things can be hard. And sometimes things can break us down and build us up simultaneously. And I think being a mum is one of those things. I think it takes a lot of our, all of our heart, takes all of our heart. It takes a lot of our time and our focus. Um, 
And yeah, it's, it's really full on. So anyway, I want to just share with you, I've got a bunch of things. I'm just going to kind of speak from my heart today of all the things that I remember. I started writing a bit of a list and, and as soon as I started writing, I was like, oh yes. And I just remembered more and more and more things that I remember at the time in my mind, particularly when they were younger, just thinking on oh, my days, this is such a uh, challenging season. I think what it does, it challenges our selfishness. It challenges our our want to um, to be self-focused because you can't, especially when you've got smaller kids. So anyway, first thing, lack of sleep. And all the young mamas are going, oh my gosh. I just remember <clears throat> out of everything, how much that shocked me. Like even though Georgia slept through the night by the time she was about 10 or 11 weeks old, I was so tired all the time. Just that I think the biggest thing was never getting to sleep in. That's probably because even when I was working full time and had to get up early, I would always have at least Saturday to sleep in. There was just like no sleep ins, especially when you're breastfeeding yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to be the one to get up. I remember sometimes Cameron, I'd be like, I'm so tired. And he'd go, I'll do the last feed. We'll bottle feed her for the last feed. You go to bed. But I could never actually relax and go to sleep. I think I'm a little bit OCD because I was worried about how he was feeding her. And my fears were realized when I remember a few times thinking, I'm just going to pop out of bed and see how he's going. And I would go into the lounge and bless his heart, he would have Georgia. I've got a photo of it. It's the funniest thing. I would have, he would have Georgia propped up in the corner of the lounge kind of like, or, or in the, or in the, like the little bouncer in front of him. That's usually what he did put her in the bouncer or in the corner of the lounge. He would prop up the bottle with a cushion so that he didn't have to hold it. <laughs> so really I was like, I probably could have done that myself. I probably could have done that, put the cushion there, put the bottle there, walked away. Um, and then he'd be there with the remote in his hands watching TV. So that was Cameron's version of feeding her. So I could never fully concentrate. He'd be like, let me do it my way. I'm like, oh my gosh. But anyway, I remember the lack of sleep just being exhausting. Um, another thing I found hard was the fact that all of a sudden you've got this job that is 24-7 and you never get to turn off. I found that really exhausting and challenging. At least with school, when I walked out the door or I shut my computer, um, I could turn off from my job. Most other things you can turn off from. You cannot turn off from having kids when they're around. Like, even though my kids were brilliant at sleeping through the night, there was always one that would be teething or would get sick or have a dream or whatever. And so you just were on 24 seven and that's pretty exhausting to your emotions as well. Um, another, I reckon there was another bad habit that I got into the second I started having kids. I don't know about you guys, maybe you're more chilled than me, but I always felt like I was in a hurry all the time. I felt like I've been in a hurry for the last 20 years of my life. I don't know what it is. I think, no, I do. I think I know what it is. I am such a routine person that when I first had kids, I really wanted to stick to my routine. And so to do that, I always felt like I had to rush to the next thing. So, you know, like I'd, I'd rush to get back from the shops to get the baby down or the toddler down to sleep, 
or I'd actually be rushing to get out the house in the first place to quickly go do a shop before I had to bring them back for a sleep, especially when they get to that age when they don't sleep in their, they're too big to sleep in their pram. So I just felt like my life was one big rush all the time. You know, even now sometimes, because I always pick Ashton up from school, because I don't want him to be the last kid at school that's neglected and forgotten. And so I feel like, oh my gosh, 2.30 rolls around so fast. So I feel like I have to rush through my work in the day to quickly rush into the car because I'm always late to picking them up. So I have to quickly rush to school. And so it's this endless rush, which is totally my fault. But I don't know. Do you relate to that? Uh, Oh, another thing I really did not like is never getting to eat a full meal without interruption. You know, guys, if you don't have kids, enjoy and savor every single meal and every coffee. Mind you, there's a big joke in our house that I always have coffee um, and leave it around for hours and hours. But uh, the fact that you could never eat a full meal, you can never sit down to a full dinner. Another thing that we can't do without interruption is have a conversation. Now, guys, you do have to go back to my interrupting strategy, um, which it just was brilliant and it did. It was a game changer, but it's more when you're at home. Like the kids wouldn't really kind of use that strategy when Cameron and I were trying to have a conversation, although we did teach them to interrupt politely. But or even if you're trying to have a phone call, You know, isn't it funny how the kids can be off playing and minding their business and the second that you have a phone call, they all seem to be in the same space as you. I don't know whether they've got like they're listening or what it is, but just trying to have a conversation uninterrupted. Um, I feel sorry, some not feel sorry, but the mums at church uh, that have little ones when I'm trying to have a conversation with them and I can see that they're trying so hard to concentrate on talking to me because they're talking to the pastor, but I don't mind at all. And they, and they've forever kind of got like one eye on me and the other eye on what their kids are doing. Um, the other week I just sat down on the floor with one of the mums. It's funny because everyone made a comment. Oh my gosh, when they sitting down on the floor, I'm like, there, of course, because she's got a little baby that's crawling all over the floor. So it's the easiest place to be. So I really get that. Um, I got very frustrated that I never got a block of time to finish anything. I like to finish what I've started. So I would always try and use nap time because I knew, and this is the hurrying thing again, I knew that I had an hour and a half to two hours for nap time. And so I would try and squeeze everything into that time. Um, And so what was I doing? I would rush, 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 quick, quick. Um, People would say to me, don't worry, let the house be dirty, things can wait, just rest. Nope, I don't have an ability to do that. I don't know, can you guys rest? If I could give you advice, don't do what I did. Actually rest, those things will wait, but I just couldn't, I just, I don't know, I think I've got some OCD or something, clean freakness in me. I would have to use that time because I would get very frustrated that I couldn't, when the kids were up, I couldn't get anything finished. Okay, another thing, I remember a lot of the days felt really monotonous, um, just really long. The days, they say the days are long and the years are short. It's so true. I stayed home a lot, which totally was my choice, but it did make the days seem really long um, because I just found that if I went out too much, the kids would just be too unsettled. So I tried to stay home as much as possible, but, uh, you know, I just remember thinking, oh, particularly the afternoon, that felt like such a long time. And playing a game with kids, which I used to often do, play play with them in the afternoon. 
oh my gosh, that would bore the life out of me. I'm a teacher and I do love kids and kids games, but there's only so much an adult can handle. (laughs) So the days did feel monotonous, but at the same time, I was aware that that season would end. So if you feel like that, I promise you embrace it. The season ends. And I look back on photos and things, you know, my kids would for hours play with Lego and just do all sorts of things. And I remember taking lots of photos of it and I look back and go, they actually were beautiful days that I look back on and I'm so glad I had that time with them. Um, another thing that I really didn't like is we, we never had enough money, but again, this was my choice. This was our choice, but we went from me having a full-time teacher's wage to Cameron's pastor's wage. You guys talk about, oh my gosh, complaining about low wages, his wage was pathetic. It was so bad. Like he earned almost half of what I earned. So you imagine going from a full-time teacher's wage plus his little wage that he got, and then I completely stopped working, but that was our choice. And I do not regret that. Um, But that meant that we had to make sacrifices and I didn't always like that you know, like we couldn't afford expensive clothes and I had to budget all the time. I had to budget every cent, budget what we would eat. Um, we'd moved into a house. We'd also just built a little house at the time. I remember we couldn't afford to pave the driveway and there were lots of little things like that, but you know, I'm still glad, even though that was hard, I'm glad that we made that choice. Uh, another thing I know you will all agree with, it just took ages to go anywhere. You don't just grab your bag and jump in the car. You've got to, you know, put the kids in, put the pram in, belt them into their car seat. If you change cars, change car seat. It just is like forever. I remember going on my first holiday with two kids and I remember looking at Cameron and going, this is not a holiday for me. (laughs) This is the same, same in a different place. In fact, it was more exhausting packing the portico and all of those things. And I just remember I didn't like that part of having kids. Um, it just seemed like endless amounts of packing and unpacking. Um, you're never alone. I like, I'm actually a quiet person. I'm not a chatty person, even though you guys come to this podcast to listen to me talk. I'm actually not a chatty person. Cameron actually talks more than I do, um, even like at home. Georgia and I are pretty quiet together. I remember even when she was little, we were quiet. I remember when she was about two years old, not even two, no, yeah, maybe two. And she was invited to this birthday party, my best friend's daughter, who was turning five and all the kids were being really noisy and they had a group photo together and she just burst into tears because she couldn't, she just was overwhelmed by the noise. And my friend said to me, you need not, not that friend, another friend, you need to make more noise at home. I'm like, how do I make more noise at home? And her and I to this day are pretty quiet. Like we'll just be, you know, if we're together, even we do, we chat of course, but we're pretty quiet. But I remember no time to go anywhere alone, except for the loo. That'd be the only time. Be like, thank God, I go to the toilet and shut the door for a few moments. Peace. But even then they'd be out the door calling mom. Be like, oh my days. Um, Another thing I found uh, challenging is I had to work so much harder to live out my values. I've told you guys before that, you know, one of our values is that we go to church, Um, but walking that out with little kids was not always easy. I felt like I spent, well, I didn't feel like I did spend more of my time in the mum's room, in the parents' room than I did in church. Um, 
Oh my gosh. Sorry guys. That's Cameron coming through the door. That's loud. Um, but I had to work so much harder to be organized and to do the things that I felt I wanted to do. Um, and that was a bit of a challenge, but I was determined that I wasn't going to give up on, on our values together as a family. Um, another thing was I felt like I had a call of God on my life for ministry, but trying to juggle that with, with children. Um, and still to this day, that's, um, that is an interesting juggle. Um, but with Cameron and I, family always comes first. Um, and that is a value we've had since they were little that they've always come first, but that doesn't mean at the same time that it's not good for them to share you with something like that. I figured that as much as our family comes first, what I mean by that is, um, you know, some people put their ministry first and the family comes second and, you know, their ministry comes first with their energy, their time, their resource with everything. But our kids always knew, and Cameron and I work the same way with our marriage, is if one of us is not doing well or not coping, um, we would give all that up in a heartbeat. Ministry doesn't own us. Um, we feel like it's a call and it's intertwined with who we are. But at the same time, if our family wasn't coping with that or one of our kids really went off the rails, I'd give it up in a heartbeat. Um, so I don't, um, yeah. So I, I hope that makes sense. But um, but I still felt I had that God call. And I remember, I mean, guys, I could tell you some stories. Like I remember going up to preach because we were running the youth ministry at the time when the kids were little. And uh, Georgia was easy. She was fine. But Liam, oh my gosh, he was so difficult. And I've told you guys that before. But if I had to hand him over to someone because I had to go and preach, he would throw such a tantrum that he would literally froth at the mouth. So I had one friend, Sarah, shout out to my beautiful Sarah Kilcoin, and she was a speech path as well. So she was so good with him. She was the only person I could hand him to because I remember thinking, dude, you can froth at the mouth all you like. I'm going up to preach for half an hour. You're going to be fine. Um, so she would have to take him out and she was so good with him. And that just allowed me to do that. Um, I went into labor, guys. This is a fun story. I went into labor with Ashton on our youth camp. That's a story for another day. But as you can see, I clearly was at youth camp fully pregnant. I was going to go in for a um, cesarean on the Friday, but I went into labor on the Wednesday. So there you go. Um, but I had a very deep conviction that I was the one that was going to raise my kids. Uh, so, you know, I didn't want to put them in childcare so that I could work. And that was one of my, you know, convictions. And so we just had to work around that all the time. All right. Another one. Oh, I hated how sickness would always rip through the whole family. If one of the kids got gastro within two hours, I would be chucking my guts up. Oh, every time. And I remember just at times laying in our lounge, all five of us like sick with gastro, pardon me, with gastro and just thinking, this is awful. Um, in the end, if the kids got sick, I could not even go near them or touch their or clean up their vomit. Cameron would have to do it because I would get it every single time. So that was difficult. Um, I, there were many moments where I wasn't sure that I was doing it right. And I'm pretty sure we can all relate to that. Um, you know, I would do different things or make decisions. We would make decisions. We'd be like, oh my gosh, I hope we're doing the right thing. But we had really good people around us to help us. 
Um, Another thing I remember finding difficult was how quickly the seasons would change. So just when I would nail one kid with one season, they would move to the next and I would have to keep adapting. So, you know, you just get, you just really nail something in particular with your kids. And then the next thing you're like, oh my gosh, they're not, you know, they've gone into that next season and I can't apply that same thing. And so you had to keep adapting because they're growing so quickly and the seasons would change so fast. The stages would change so fast. Um, another thing I found hard was being too needed. It That I remember just being exhausted, especially with three, that all of them need you for something all the time. And, and it doesn't just start with breakfast. It happens through the night. There's, you know, you got to do this one's shoelaces up, help that one on the toilet, change this one's... Na- it just was this revolving door of being too needed. But on the flip side, guys, I'm in a different stage right now. And this is hard for me, not being needed enough. That is a challenge. I've built my world around my family and now they don't need me so much. And I have to adapt to that. But at the same time, your kids will always need you. And so I'm back at um, working almost, well, I work four days a week. That's my paid work. But running a church is not my paid work. So you imagine I'm working for Youth Alive almost full time. I'm uh, running two campuses with Cameron and I do this podcast as well. But my kids still need me at random times. Like yesterday morning, Liam got a flat tire. And so he needed Cameron to quickly go out and help him. And I always want to be there for my kids. I remember when my kids were young, I did not have anyone. No, I didn't, did not have any family that were there for me um, like that, where they would just come, you know, come do my ironing, come bring me a meal. Like I just didn't have that. My friends were, were the better ones when it came to that. But now that my kids don't need me enough, but sometimes they do and trying to adapt to that and find myself as well and what what I've what I'm called to do and to 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 do my job and do all the things that I love, but yet being needed in different ways and at different times and trying to fit in with that. So because I always want to be there for my kids, no matter what. I I want to be for them what I've never had. Um I didn't realize I'd go so long on this one. Let me race through the last ones I've written down. Um, yeah, so I wrote down here, um, sometimes being so focused on being a mum <clears throat> that you forget who you are without that. And I remember thinking that like, you know, um, you're so focused on being who they need you to be that it. I remember like going out without the kids and thinking, oh my gosh, it feels so weird going out without a pram or a kid in tow and just remembering who you are as a person. That's that's kind of a challenge. Um, I had a tendency to take on my kids hurt and I had to be really careful with that. So if they got hurt or offended by a, like a little friend or if something happened at school, I really had to work hard at not taking them on that not taking that on and not going with them down the emotional rabbit hole, but guiding them through it instead and not taking on their offense, but being the adult. So I had to work on that. I sometimes would parent out of my fear and Cameron would see that. And he would say to me, babe, 
don't parent out of your fear. So in other words, sometimes I would project how I felt or how I felt as a kid about something, and I would just assume my kids felt the same way. And he would say, they don't, they're different. They, they haven't grown up the way you've grown up. Just because that affected you doesn't mean that that affects them. So don't parent them as if they're afraid of that, or don't parent them as, as if that has hurt them because it would have hurt you or it would have made you afraid. And I never forget that. <clears throat> he would really help me with that. Um, I remember the effort that it took to constantly be turning up for everything in my kid's life. And sometimes that was difficult, but I never regret it. Um, it matters really, uh, it matters a lot. It matters being there. I always made sure I was there for them in the afternoon when they did their homework. Uh, you know, but even things like turning up to all their graduations, when you've got three kids, that's a lot of graduations. That's a lot of school events, but turning up again and again and again, uh, took effort, but it was worth it. Um, the moments that I felt I failed and I felt so terrible. Um, I remember sometimes when I knew that I got angry at them because not because of anything they'd done, but because I was just angry or moody or not that I was a hugely moody person. I'm not, but you know, you just get frustrated and frazzled. And I found those moments really hard where I failed them and I got cross at them and it wasn't their fault. And so saying sorry and forgiving myself, I think that was hard. Um, and then I think I'm going to finish with oh, always feeling too busy. This, this one goes along with the hurry one. Um, I think this is probably something I'd love to just remind you guys of that I was often too busy and I forgot what mattered. And so don't forget what really matters. You know, like I'd be too busy cleaning the little fingerprints off the windows. But now that they're grown, I'm like, I should have just stopped and looked at that and enjoyed that for a moment. They're beautiful little baby hands. And, you know, I was often too busy with the next task that I didn't stop enough to bend down and look them in the eye and listen. And so, so don't be too busy for them because they grow up in a heartbeat. And then I want to finish with this. This is the one that I find the hardest and all of you are going to come to this stage if you haven't already and maybe you're in front of me in this stage and you would agree and it's the letting go. The letting go. You know, I remember reading this book that brought an absolute tear to my eye years ago and the book was on um, how we celebrate all the firsts but we forget about all the lasts. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And I remember reading, I think it was a picture book about the last, like the last time. When was the last time? Do you remember the last time that you ever picked your child up and carried them around because they got too big or the last time that they sat on your knee because they were too big to sit on your knee? It's all those lasts that we should also celebrate, but letting go as they get older, and this is a constant thing, not babying them, but letting go, but especially as they go from those teenage years into adulthood, letting them go, letting them make mistakes, letting them become adults, letting them you know, we, we, we spend our whole, their whole lives giving them wings and then we have to watch them fly off. And that's a difficult thing. One of my close friends, her son, her first son is getting married next week. And, you know, once upon a time, I would have been so focused on the bride and the groom, which of course I am because it's amazing. It's beautiful. And, you know, we're going to the wedding, but my focus is more on her because I understand how she's feeling. And, um, just letting go of that season, that season of having all your kids at home and embracing the next season. So, um, I want to finish with two quotes that I, that I've got. I love quotes as you guys know, but two quotes that I've got that I just want to, um, hope encourage you today. The first one is this, it's anonymous. I don't know who wrote it, 
but one day all your children will have is pictures of you. Make sure you're in them. No matter what your hair looks like, your makeup or your body, they won't care about any of that. They'll just want to see you. Oh my gosh, that make tears? <laughs> Brings a tear to my eye. That's so true. I'm the first one to go, no, don't take a picture of me. My makeup's not done or, or you know, but I'm like, that's so true. Um, I always say to people when I think about like my Nana, who I dearly, dearly loved, I don't think about what she looked like. I just want to see pictures of her because I loved her. And okay, let me finish with this one. My hope is that they remember I tried. Even when I was tired, even when I was stressed, I hope that they did know that I did it all for them, that I had every intention of doing, of being great, good and grand. But some days all I could be was okay. I hope they know I still showed up, that I still tried, that every day I tried to be better because of them. See, I can't read quotes because they make me tear up. So anyway, there you go. No matter what you find difficult or challenging, we're all in the same boat. You're doing amazing. And I hope that you are truly celebrated this Mother's Day. And uh, anyway, I love all you guys. And I hope that... um, that you just take strength and encouragement from everything today and that you go and have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. And I will be back with you next Wednesday. I'll see you then. Bye.